0: Here's your host, Alex Garrett.
1: And welcome inside to Alex Garrett Nightly. Yes, we are back. Some fresh content for you tonight. To end the week, it's Friday night. Uh, What are you doing this weekend, firstly? What are you guys doing on Kenny Dick Sports Radio? What are you doing to enjoy the NFL? Week number nine. What are you going to do to enjoy college football. What are you doing? Are, are you going to run the marathon this weekend? What are you doing? It's Friday night. I want to know. What are you guys up to? Email me, alex at alexgnyc.com. And then if you want to tell me why, how your weekend was, uh, you can always drop me a text. Actually, yes, a text at a working number. Uh, let me get you that number, by the way. And it's brought to you by text Me. But my number is 206 206- 426-9884. Drop me a text. Drop me a line. Drop me a voicemail even. And I might just play it for you on the air on Kennedy Dick Sports Radio uh, this upcoming week. But it's Friday night here on Alex Garrett Nightly. It's Friday night. And I want to dive right into it. Because the man, the man of the week, Aaron Rodgers, who supposedly lied To the media about the vaccination status remember he did say he was vaccinated turns out he's not turns out he's not even playing this weekend because he has covid 19 but the man went on for 45 minutes the pat mcavey show and basically said things like this i realize i'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now so before my final nail gets put in my cancel culture uh, casket i think i'd like to set the record straight on first of all i didn't lie He's playing a dangerous game, is he not? Then he goes 45 minutes on the Pat McAfee show talking about this, and was it healthy for him to do that? Was it cathartic for him to do that? I guess it was. He's in quarantine right now. Can't play against the Chiefs on Sunday. Won't be allowed in the team's facility for the next 10 days. So why not go on the media tour and defend yourself? That's what any normal person would do. But if it's proven that the Packers didn't, know, didn't, didn't really do anything, but they knew he wasn't vaccinated, then that is privilege. That is athlete privilege that is throwing health out the window. I'm not going to sit here and say he shouldn't play. Of course he should. If you're vaccinated, then why are the unvaccinated at risk? How is this even a thing? That's another discussion for another day. But if you're vaccinated, how is the unvaccinated being harmed? I want to know that. And if Aaron Rodgers, you know, he lays out all his health complications as to why. Then. He should be on that field. But the stupid part of it is he got COVID (laughs) and this is where it all comes out. But to lie about this is what gets me the most. You could defend yourself all you want, Aaron Rodgers. But you've lied your way to leading this team to the top of the NFC North. You've lied your way onto that football field amongst your teammates. And someone who's not in your stature but decides to lie will be in jail. What happened to everybody being human? How is he getting just a benching and and a fine and that's it? Yet, the average person gets jail time for doing this, for lying about not being vaccinated. And it is insanity in the NFL's part. I mean, the idea that these guys are tackling each other, and then if you're not wearing a mask on the sideline, you're fined. That makes no sense either, NFL. That makes absolutely no sense, NFL. But Aaron Rodgers risking his teammates' lives to play? He said if this was the flu, he'd be on the field Sunday. That's true. That's very true. But in the COVID world, he cannot play. And if it's true that they were holding this story on for two months, of course they're going to release it. Of course they're going to unleash this. It's a perfect opportunity to unleash it, is it not? So, Aaron, why'd you do it? Why did you lie about being immunized? And I do believe the Packers knew. I do believe that. And that gives them a black eye, too, for allowing them to stay on the field while unvaccinated and knowingly, knowing that he lied. And I guess Rogers has been taking Ivermectin, which has been criticized roundly by the mainstream media. He's gone Joe Rogan on people and done that kind of thing. He's friends with Joe Rogan, so there's that too. And if it is even more, I guess, revealed how much more the Packers hid, that's got to be in question, too. That has to be investigated. Because whether you believe in COVID-19, which I do, I think everybody does, but whether you believe it should lead to benching or not, can we all agree that not being vaccinated does add a certain danger to the team, especially when you get COVID? And I know a couple of minutes ago I said, the unvaccinated, the vaccinated. But the idea of lying about this, that's the dangerous part to me. So we will follow this on Alex Garrett Knightley, but the man speaks. Aaron Rodgers speaks out today on the Pat McAfee Show. For 45 minutes, he felt like he wanted to talk about this. And you can find that on uh, Pat McAfee's YouTube page as well. But yes, Here's an NFL star that's being punished health-wise and now by the NFL. But yet so many questions remain. Like how much did the Packers know? How much did they actually conceal? Is he lying that the Packers knew? Well, he lied about the vaccination status. But this, this I can't believe. Look, we've seen time and time again sports organizations protect their guys. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case here uh, on Alex Garrett Knightley. Moving on. Moving on to some more interesting stuff from the weekend for the weekend. And I don't even want to get into the Jets' debacle last night because it's not even worth talking about. But I have some advice for those going to the marathon this upcoming weekend. Don't do what Kramer did on Seinfeld at the marathon. Remember the marathon episode of Seinfeld?
0: Go ahead. Thank you,
1: Jerry, our wonderful
0: driver, fantastic route bus. All right, go, it's a ride. You want some hot tea? Oh, no, thank you. Oh, there's some runners, here they come.
1: At this point, Kramer sticks out his hot tea, and you'll hear what happens next. Ah! Ah! So my advice is if you're running, if you're on the route, cheering on the runners again, by the way, so glad to have the marathon back. It wasn't here last year because of the COVID pandemic, obviously, but it's back this year. So don't bring your hot tea to the marathon route if you want to cheer on someone you know that's running or just want to cheer on the runners. Especially don't do it where they collect the cups, okay? Uh, that would be that would be awful. So there's a, that little humor. By the way, I have been a runner myself the last thir- 25 years. 26, 27 years since I was three. I do miss being out on the course because... I just feel like it, there, there's something fun about hitting that finish line after doing five miles running on one leg. There's something fun about that, okay? I love that. I've done the peewee runs. I've done five-milers. I've done the day before the marathon race and crossed the finish line where the marathon runners finish, uh, which is pretty cool. We get to run mile 26.1, I think it is. That's always a fun time, 26.2 that whole thing is so fun when you hit central park and you see the img marathon banners you see the finish line and yes it may not be the marathon but the way the stage is set the all the banners it's exciting to run down that hill at central park to cross the finish line the day before the marathon so i'll miss doing that this year but maybe next year i'll get back at that but yeah running has been part of my life for many years so whenever the marathon comes up, whenever anything running comes up, it's it's exciting, is it not? Even if you run as a kid and, and it stop running, it, it just stays with you. Definitely does with that. But it is nightly with Alex Garrett, and my big thoughts about tonight are it's the weekend. It's the weekend. And how are we doing? In new york city nightlife how are we doing well i found this study by the way the outgoing mayor of new york city unless adams disbands it eric adams disbands it is leaving us with an office called the office of nightlife the city that never sleeps has an office for nightlife to make it less sleepier if you will to the point where they want to make us 24-hour nightlife like Amsterdam and they even cite Tokyo, Japan. I'll get that in a moment. But here on Nightly with Alex Garrett, I wanted to examine how good nightlife has been over the years. And the stats that they found are pretty remarkable. (laughs) Are you ready for this? Here's the stats they found that is Eye-popping to me. In 2019, now this was pre-pandemic, I understand. But there were 25,000 nightlife establishments studied that supported nearly 300,000 jobs, $13.1 billion in wages, and $35 billion in economic activity. Now this was pre-pandemic. And we know the city's nightlife was hit awfully hard by the pandemic, by the lockdowns, by the measures. So my question is to you, Mr. Mayor-elect Adams, how will you get us back to that $35 billion in economic activity once again? How will you do it? For the sake of the city, for the sake of our economy, how will you do that? Because we need to come back. We need to bounce back. Do we not? We need to have a comeback, even in the nightlife, to thrive in the city. We need to show the city never sleeps. And to me, that means lessening restrictions. If so many people are vaccinated, there's no reason why these proof of vaccines are still needed at the end of Mayor de Blasio's term. That may sound very controversial to you, but to me, it's time. It's time we ease restrictions because that's the only way our economy will be better. And another way is to open up the capacity For indoor dining. It might not be at 100%. I'm not sure the the level yet. They've just changed all over the place here in New York. But 100%. And most importantly. Most importantly, an incentive for people to come back to the city. To enjoy the holidays again. To enjoy the city, what it offers in November and December. That's what's missing. There seems to be no incentive to bring back New York City right now. I'm praying that Mayor-elect Adams could change that. But perhaps an office that Mayor de Blasio is leaving us with, the Office of Nightlife, has an idea that could work. I'm not sure how much will go into it, how much funding, how much budgeting we'll be having to make it secure but in the summer, it was discussed about 24-hour nightlife. And for a economy that's shriveled up at the moment, anything non-restrictive will help. And we know the beautiful skyline at night. We know the buzzing that was New York City at night. The people that party till 4 in the morning. That closed down the bars. That just enjoyed life for a minute. They may have shifted to Washington Square Park. And other places. But that didn't make any money. That just gave people a space to go to. As reckless as it tends to be. At night at Washington Square Park. Gave people a space to go to. But that didn't help... Anybody economically Because you said you can't stay any here anymore. You got to go elsewhere Imagine a world now once again where we would say hey enjoy your meal You don't have to get off and leave at 10 p.m. Or 11 p.m. Or midnight you could say as long as you want You could enjoy your time And enjoy New York City Not all right, it's 10 p.m. The virus is out. We got to go. That hurt us. That massively hurt us. But to read headlines that Times Square is back on the rebound is helpful. It is hopeful, I should say. Because without those pulses of New York City, I do believe even after a pandemic, even after all the restrictions, even after everything. New York City is the crossroads of the world. We are supposed to be the open door to nightlife, the open door to fun, the open door to living again. And we can be. We, I pray, can get back to billions of dollars in economic activity. And on Nightly with Alex Garrett, yeah, nightlife has to be, has to be honored, has to be talked about, because without that pulse of the evening, what is New York? What is New York without the generative, the generative uh, uh, revenue that we see often in New York City? that's been studied on. And maybe I should get someone from the Office of Nightlife to join Nightly with Alex Garrett. Hell, this is national on Kennedy Sports. I'd love to get other markets involved too. I'd love to know how other markets are dealing with their nightlife coming out of COVID. How they plan on booming their city again. Because people want to get back out. People don't want to be Masked up anymore. People don't want to be pent up. They want to roll around a lot more. But these cities are not offering that. Or not telling us that's a possibility. These cities are still saying. If you're not vaccinated you're not welcome. And who's going to want to come to a city. That does discriminate. It is a form of discrimination if you think about it. And I realize this is a sports station, but can we talk about this for a minute? When you say you cannot be here because you're not vaccinated, that's discrimination. Because, again, I don't remember a time where the flu shots versus the non-flu shots were, were divided. I don't remember times like that. I remember when that was an option. And yes, do I feel better when people are vaccinated? Absolutely. Because science does work. And if the science works, then nightlife should be including everybody again. Let me say that again. If the science works, nightlife should be including everybody again. That's how it feels. That's how it totally feels when I think about this. Let me get you this 24-hour nightlife plan because it's intriguing to me. It's intriguing that we're even considering it. Considering the fact that the Empire State Building shuts down its lights at 2 a.m., which kind of, to me, ends the night in New York City. If you see that the Empire State Building is off. It's over. The night's done. I'll be on a good one, but it's it's kinda done. <laughs> and here's where they say a pilot programming allowing twenty-four hour use in select areas. They say uniform closing hours for nightlife businesses can result in groups of people congregating in the street, elevating tensions between patrons and residents. Yeah, that is very true. Allowing 24-hour use in specified districts can help people move at their own pace and reduce conflicts. Or... You could just allow bars to be open again in New York City beyond a certain time. How about that? You don't have to restrict. If you're seeing all these conflicts, then don't restrict New York City nightlife. They, they do mention Amsterdam, how it was allowing nightlife venues to apply for 24-hour licenses in 2012 developing strict criteria for potential applicants that included cultural significance, accessibility, public transportation, location without inconvenience to local residents. The Office of Nightlife recommends identifying potential areas with low residential density where a limited 24-hour program might be tested, allowing late-night activity to operate free from nuisance complaints or other conflicts. Well, this is also interesting because, and they reference Japan, Tokyo, they reference Columbia. They have four places, they have a few places in mind, by the way. Lower East Side, Fort Greene, Corona, Hunts Point, St. George. In Staten Island. And this is happening because when you say limit nuisance and everything, I think about the nuisance of the trash piling up in New York City. It's gotten so bad here, it's gotten terrible here. But if you do this and you allow some sort of 24 hour plan, which could be dangerous considering crime is still here in the city. But I think you open it up twenty-four hours a day, you open the bars again for more than three hours, like till past one AM, that'd be great. That would be unbelievably great. And what they say is ONL envisions the long term development of a network of spaces across the five boroughs that will host cultural programming day and night targeting historically undeserved neighborhoods that can benefit from an increase in cultural programming institutions. Basically saying the inner city communities could benefit from 24-hour spaces because it might lead to less trouble, less maybe even gang activity, less gunfire, less crime. I'd like to see how that works out. I'd like to see how that works out. I'm very curious to see how this works out. But if they're really committed to finding ways to better our nightlife again, first thing is to de- deregulate these restrictions Mayor Elect Adams. That's the first thing you got to do. But knowing that how vital and how much economic activity nightlife brings let's not disband this let's utilize it the office of nightlife how about that I I think that works I got some sports stuff on my mind but, but a nightly with Alex Garrett how can we keep the night vibrant in New York City that's what I'm trying to figure out those are the solutions I'm trying to make And maybe I should bring on someone from Office of Nightlife through the week. How about that? See what they have to say about this. Because we know sports all you want. But without a vital economy, without a vital incentive to go to games, what is sports without, and a sports culture, without a culture around the stadiums, around the arenas? People go to Stan's Bar all the time after games at Yankee Stadium. City Field, they used to have McFadden's. That closed up. I hope someone else can go in there and buy it because that low place at the end of the stadium was great. Great, great, great for um, blowing off steam after a game. Win or loss, by the way. But what about you? How do you think the nightlife should be in your area? How vital is it to your area, wherever you're listening to this to, uh, from, here on Kennedy Dick Sports Radio? Because this is, uh, where are broadcasting, podcasting to, from the crossroads of the world, and we should act like we're the crossroads of the world again. And having a vital nightlife is important. <laughs> it really is here on Alex Garrett Podcasting, Kennedy Sports, and Alex Garrett Knightley. Before I leave you tonight, a couple more sports tidbits I want to talk about. Did you know Brett Gardner is a free agent? The longtime Yankee is a free agent, and you wonder what that means. You really do. You wonder what that means for him. As I believe he's 38 years old. What's his next move going to be? He's gotten a ring with the Yankees, yes. And I think he can manage a team way better than Boone, or at least be a great assistant coach, a good role model. In that clubhouse after he retires. Maybe that's his next step. Retires a Yankee. He's had an incredible career. He's the only one remaining from the old stadium. So when I found out Guardi was a free agent, I'm like, what? What is going on? What is going on? Because he's a lifelong Yankee. It would be very strange to see him in another jersey. Would it not? And by the way, nightlife applies to athletes because we know these athletes like to party. We know they like to go out after games to blow off steam. And they've been restricted to do that too. But maybe a better nightlife could build camaraderie again for our teams. And camaraderie leads to championships. Awesome nightlife. So let's lift restrictions. Let's cultivate camaraderie in New York City again at night. Because that is where magic does happen. Around the city. The neon lights are bright on Broadway. Let's make it bright for everybody again. Huh? What what do you say to that? And one other... One other story that I want to talk about quickly. Do you remember when the um, the Mets had, alter, had a raccoon problem in the dugout? Or in the tunnel of Citi Field? Well, that was just a ruse. Sources are saying that Francisco Lindor choked out Jeff McNeil after a bad play at second base by McNeil. Make it make sense, as someone once said. This team is a disaster. People dropping out of the GM race to become the Mets GM. Stories daily coming out about this team. The latest one being that Francisco Lindor supposedly choked out Jeff McNeil. Is, is, that, is that professional? Is that how we're going to operate a team in New York City? I don't think so. So it's amazing to me that right after Zach Scott gets uh, relieved and doesn't come back, this story comes out. Who is the source behind the story? I feel like it's the former GM, Zach Scott. And that's a pity. That's a shame. That is a shame. Well, until then, I'm sure there'll be other crazy stories over the weekend, which we'll cover Monday on Alex Garrett Nightly. Until then, have a great weekend. Have a great night. And we will talk to you very soon on Alex Garrett Podcasting, Kenny Dick Sports, and Alex Garrett Nightly.